2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and
1: taxes
3: and fees may vary. A lot of great memories, great friends,
4: um, awesome fan base, and a uh, great city that's now home for me. So uh, when I'm done playing, and uh, you know, ultimately uh, spent almost a decade and a half there, so quite a quite a big chunk of my life. So. It'll be sweet to go back there and, uh, you know, we we built that thing from the bottom all the way to the top. So it'll be uh, extra special uh, to be there with all my old teammates and the fans. And as much as, uh, you know, it'll be kind of my return. It's also me wanting to give thanks to that fan base and that organization for all they did for me over the
1: uh, past almost 15 years. Eric Johnson and company start a three-game trip tonight, and it'll be on TNT, and it'll be late, so I'm already feeling disattached to the matchup, Marty, because I have no <laughs> role in this evening's plans. How about you? Um
2: Yeah, and plus, it's uh, it's weird, because I actually, I never know what time zone Denver, Colorado, or Phoenix, Arizona easy, is it's in. Mountain. It's, it's Denver's mountain. Not, yeah, but- Denver's not a hard one. It's mountain uh well yeah but i always i'm i always think okay what time is it there okay so it's 10am so i'm like oh well colorado hasn't even started their morning skate so we don't have colorado news buffalo is not going to skate for another hour and, and and a half so like our show's going to be over we won't have any buffalo news like it just it throws me off a little bit because usually we're getting you know the Hey, what's happening at morning skate? Who is in the starters net? Who is looking like they may make a comeback? Uh, if they were injured or, you know, who's the extra guy? So to me, this is a little different because I feel like we're, we're navigating this Sabres after dark in a little bit of a, Hey, there could be some changes to the lineup, but we don't know yet type of situation. So, um, I mean, I can kind of guesstimate a little bit or kind of see what i would be my be my guesstimate be your guesstimate okay um well we'll start from the back we'll start from the crease i i would anticipate Lukanen to get in that um you know he was sick missed a few games levi did extremely well that's awesome but this is not taken back from what lukinen has done uh for the most part this season He's already had a shutout against Colorado earlier this year, a four 0 win at home at the end of October. So, um, I would go back with I would go with Lukianen. um knowing that you also have a couple of games over the weekend. There's a back to back, so you're probably getting Levi back in. You're going to get Lukonen back in in a closer, you know, time frame. So that's what I would do. But that's just a guesstimate because I don't know how he's feeling. I haven't had a chance to talk to Lukonen and say how are you feeling. Sometimes guys after they're sick, it's like. Well, maybe
1: you should reach out to these guys once in a while.
2: They don't want to text me. They don't want to talk to me. I mean, seriously, like uh I didn't want to talk you, to you you work on TSN, Marty. You're an insider. I know, but I if I'll tell you, as Dregs, when I was playing, if Dregs reached out to me, which I think he probably did once or twice, I would respond the next day. Oh, sorry, I didn't see your text yesterday. Like that would be my excuse. <laughs> like I would I would I would. Like, be the good guy, but... Is there a bigger load
1: of BS in the world today when somebody tries to use the line, uh, I didn't see your text? Oh, how about this one? It's impossible. There's not a single person in the world that doesn't see somebody's text.
2: How about this one? Is it more BS to say, I didn't see your text, or, oh, I thought I responded to you, but it didn't send? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this or that, this or that, which one's the biggest bull? There are
1: geographical shortcomings that could play into the latter, i.e. Spalding Lake Wi-Fi. Yes, yes. So there are legitimate concerns there. Spinning wheel, you may never get the message across.
2: I can't believe uh, you mentioned Spalding Lake Wi-Fi. I haven't had any Wi-Fi issue in in a little bit, and now you're jinxing it. Exactly. Now it's going to be jinxed. Uh, I'm going to be coming off the screen in just a little bit here. Speaking of
1: that... How about the lady the other night that came by the set and repeatedly talked about how much smaller you're getting?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did have a, uh, so that's one thing. I'm getting smaller. Um, um, and maybe it's the hair. I got more hair now, so it's making dude, me look thick. smaller. Yeah, I know. My daughter yesterday was like, Dad, you need a haircut. I'm like, I gotta, I'm going to get one in March, uh, you <laughs> know, bald for bucks. So I don't know that I need one right now. Oh, what a natural segue. Bald for bench
1: coaches we're up to nine now full-time coaches bald coaches baby drew bannister (laughs) the latest to increase the percentage of hairless men in charge of nhl teams i find that and and this does by this by the way does not include those who are on the cusp of full-on baldness of which there are many no names will be mentioned no so out west uh, traveling, <laughs> out you know, East. yeah, there's yeah, out you, Trust me, yeah, they're they're everywhere. everywhere. north of the border, south of the border, they're everywhere. Um, quickly give me the nine, and I've got my nine. Oh. fully holy bald men behind the bench based on overall NHL standings ranking right now.
2: Overall NHL standings, yes, okay. Well, Jim Montgomery is one, yes, uh, so that is good. Uh, Rick Tockett is two, Tocket is two. Uh, I am going to go uh who is
1: is okay you're are we considering the Pete
2: DeBoer bald or not no,
1: you know he's the almost bald
2: he's the almost bald okay yeah. well uh New Zealand yeah, alone Spencer okay. Andre
1: Tourani Drew Bannister after a half yeah. dozen years in Springfield is now up replacing Craig Berube fully Calgary man, is one Stanley Cup winner yes uh Ryan Huska, John yep.
2: Hines Pascal Vincent so, oh, okay, and and so then we, if we want to add all the assistant coaches that are also oh, um, oh yeah, it's just to show it's the stress of the job; they all lose their hair.
1: Oh, but I was just going to segue, but then factor in the number of hosts across the NHL. Uh, it's the stress, Present the stress included. as well, the stressful Columbus, job. Calgary at minimum, but if you do hosts and analysts, there's a lot. So you it's know, either one or the other,
2: right? Because you have Jim Principe. Uh, is it Jim Principe? Gene. Gene, Gene Principe, yeah. Jim. He'd appreciate Gene.
1: Jim, though. He'd make fun of it and turn it into an opening bit pun. You got
2: so, Gene, yeah. <laughs> Gene Principe, who's got the big, luscious curls that he's had for years. Uh, and then you've got some...
1: You do have coaches that have good hair. There's, and and there, there's been a few... Well, I, I, again, go back to the Sharks broadcast last night because Mar- Mark Smith was the intermission analyst and he has his green mohawk. And all yeah. I was thinking was oh my gosh, he would not be able to do our show on the road games.
2: Oh, because he'd be in the the virtual screen. Yeah, Yeah, like the
1: top. So you wouldn't even see his mohawk. Like it would just completely disappear.
2: Yeah, well, that's the the, the part of the the Sabres After Dark that would be fun. We'd be able to like put in a bunch of different things over that. uh, Jeff, I don't know if we have it. Uh,
1: My bad for not asking, but San Jose last night, Justin Bailey, first goal in more than five and a half years. And now the Buffalo kid has a goal, four helpers, five points in eight games with the Sharks. This continues to be that Sharks team that has turned a corner and is now two games over 500 in the window that
2: has gone beyond that awful losing streak of 11 games to start the year. Oh, 10 and one to start the season was not kind to the San Jose Sharks. And they did it. And, and, and really, they scored late against the Winnipeg Jets, right? To take the two, one lead, Eklund's but they were fourth, pre- uh game winning goal of the year already. Oh, was it really? Yeah. But I, I had, I was watching that game a little bit last night too. And I'm thinking San Jose goes to overtime. They were going to win. Like they are that type of team right now. They come back, they score late in games. They are very they are opportunistic and it's working. And you're right; like they started o ten and one, and now they are nine seven and two. In yeah. you know after that start, which is is great for Mike Greer and great for uh, everybody over there. Duclair is flying on the ice. Uh, mm-hmm. Granlin's flying. Bailey's yeah. getting involved. Um I like what I'm seeing out of uh the, the other guys. It's always a hurdle and those guys, but they're you know, there's no Logan Couture right now, so it's it's other guys that are picking it up.
1: Well, Hurdle, because we talked about him three to four weeks ago, has actually been really, really impressive. He's almost yes. got himself up to a point a game, which based on how little this team was scoring at the start of the year is a miraculous feat. And, of course, fully bald analyst Drew Remenda enjoying covering these games right
2: now as well. So we'll keep working that theme in throughout. Um, Not the to- worst team in the NHL anymore, San Jose. Not even the second worst team in the NHL anymore. Because you've Chicago. got the Anaheim Ducks that are, uh, you yeah. know, one and nine in their last 10, and the Chicago mm, Blackhawks who they've uh, lost
1: 12 of 13.
2: Yeah. Anaheim, so it's, yeah. it's not good. No.
1: Um, and that'll probably be the last we speak of the Ducks and the Hawks um, for this show, anyway. Now, <laughs> back to Colorado. And, um, and where were we with the Sabres? Lucan, and I suppose um, this is the old football question, right? Yeah. Most, Most often, I know it applies in every sport, but losing your job to injury or illness, Uh. right? Does Devin Levi really deserve to hit
2: pause here to Uh, let Lukanen come back in? That's a great question. It's It's the Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady, right? It's the Drew Bledsoe, Uh, and then Tom Brady comes in, wins the Super Bowl, and Bledsoe's like, this is brutal. I was the number one quarterback. I got hurt, and Mm -hmm. I was never given that opportunity to resume my job. Um, And that's that's the one situation that I think is, I don't want to say is allowed, but if you have a really, really good young player that is ready to step into that spotlight, well, maybe that's the, the, the situation that you were waiting for. Is there an opening of the door where I can get that, that door wider open? And, and Levi is probably falls into that same category, but, yeah, but so Lucan is <laughs> not 32 years old. That's why, like, I think like Lucan has a, a, an argument to be made here. Hey, like you had made the decision. It was me and Comrie. Mm-hmm. I was nobody said. You're our number one goaltender, but he could say I was under the assumption as everybody else was. Lucanan had earned that playing more. Don Granado says, we got to play him more. The rotation's over. We're going to play him more. Um, and then he gets sick. He didn't even get hurt. It's not anything physically that is like, well, we got to manage him. You know, he had a bad hip or a bad knee or a bad ankle. We got to see how it goes. No, he got sick. He's 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 back practicing and he has been pressing for a little bit. But like I was saying earlier, the only reason why I would potentially go to Levi tonight would be how is the energy level for Ukopekalukan, the last few practices? How do you feel? And also it is Colorado, and the old cliche comes to hand, but here uh but Colorado and Denver, the elevation and all of that, it affects your body differently. It does. Now you have sports science teams that are going to do everything they can to make sure that you don't get affected by that altitude and the oxygen level and all of that. But it does affect you differently. And if you've already been a little bit more, ooh, the energy is not a hundred percent. How does that affect you as well if you go into Colorado? True, but he is a long way removed from being on the sidelines. Yes. You know, yes. we're
1: talking at least four days of on ice activity, maybe more. Um, yes, so. Yeah, one would assume, and based on yesterday's practice and him having the whole net. And the reason the question... That's also uh,
2: a big factor, too. Him having his own net yesterday to probably test it out. Number one, that's a sign. Number two, test out a full practice without having to take a five-minute break or a 10-minute break. Like, go ahead, push it.
1: And the reason the question was unfair, you know, trying to make it like a football-type question about losing your job, so to speak. Goaltending is unlike everything else in sports in that you have two guys doing the same job and there is at minimum, always a 66, 33 rotation, right? Like, so, or it's 60, 40 or it's 50, 50. That's always been built in. That doesn't exist at the quarterback position. Right. So like, So it's an unfair question, but I think the only reason it's very
2: similar. I take it as very similar. It can't be like baseball where you're like, Hey, you got to start every five day games or whatnot. It's, you know, if you're, if you're injured in baseball, you're going to get back in the rotation. It's just as simple as that. Very few guys are not going to resume, but quarterback and goaltending, I think are very similar in that way.
1: Well, yeah, except for exactly what I just said. A number yes. one quarterback is never involved in a rotation. A number one goalie is always re- involved in a rotation, whether he likes it or not. He's yeah, not no, going to play all the games. Yes. So.
2: Yes. Um, But the I think the aspect of having a guy that you rely upon, usually yes. with most teams, there's, there's not that all the way around the NHL, but having that guy. The same rules are in play here as you would possibly with a, a football an NFL quarterback. That's kind of like the only is.
1: reason anybody would ask this with any level of seriousness right now is, uh, hey, the team has points in three straight. So do you interrupt that with a lineup change that is viewed as necessary, not really necessary? You know what I mean? Like this was Devin's streak. He's got the points in all three games here. So yes. Um,
2: I I think there's a bigger picture here. And obviously I think a lot of people would have a tough time seeing a bigger picture right now. Yes. And then because of where the Sabres are at and saying every game is so important that you gotta mm-hmm. go and win them. Um, I you know the twelve the 12, 2012, 2013 season that started in January because of the lockout. Mm-hmm. I think I played five of the forty eight games that we played that year and i played all the five of them in the first 30 okay one out of 5 one out of 6 that was kind of my my rhythm in in new york a little bit it usually was one out of 4 but still like you get the picture here mm-hmm. um and then in the last 20 games i never played because we were battling for a playoff spot and torch would always say marty i th- I'm going to try to give you a start next weekend. And then we get to next weekend. We would have lost one where he wanted Hank to go back in. Or we get to next weekend and we'd be on a three-game winning streak. And he's like, I don't want to stop the winning streak. So Hank is going back in. So I basically at one point was like, Torres, don't even tell me I'm going to play. I'm fine. I'm not playing. That's okay. I'll practice. I'll be ready if you need me. But, you know, you're in a position where every game is so important. The Sabres are in that position right now. This trip... Three games. You just beat Arizona, who's Arizona is having a little bit of a dip right now. After winning five in a row, they now lost four in a row. You've beaten Colorado before. So you had a four nothing win at home. And there's Vegas in there. Can you get, uh, you know, two out of three, five out of six points, maybe? I mean, that's why I believe this is, um, you know, where fans, most importantly, the team inside the team would probably look at the bigger picture, but fans are going to say, hey, you got to put your best lineup on the ice against Colorado. That's the first game of the trip, and you got to win it. I still would go with Lukanen tonight, in my opinion, but I can definitely buy in the other side of the argument.
1: Well, I think it's more kind of what we um danced around a little bit yesterday, and that was if you're starting Lukanen here, you're almost all but assuring a two game trip for Lukanen. And that's where the optics would be wait a minute, Levi had a three game point streak
2: and he's only gonna get one out of three on the trip? I like how you're playing that that side because you're absolutely right. Like, But maybe you're not looking at just the three game. You're looking at the next six. You say, okay. I'm only looking at three periods. Yeah, well, that's true too, <laughs> which we won't be on, by the way, which I'm disappointed because I always, yeah. you know, I hate missing games and I know you yeah. do as well, but that's a TNT game tonight. It is mm-hmm. what it is. It's a late one. Uh, and then it's Vegas and Arizona, but I'm looking at maybe it's the next six. Maybe it's the games all before Christmas and saying, okay, maybe we go three and three, Lukanen and Levi, but we got to get Lukanen back in. If we don't get him in against Colorado, that means we'd give Lukanen three out of five to finish this run. So maybe the bigger picture is more Lukanen, Levi, they each get three. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of how you split those three between the two of them. Uh,
1: Name the incredibly bald assistant coach on Colorado that Buffalo will be confronting tonight.
2: Oh, right. Well, I was going to say name an an assistant coach that used to be a Colorado legend that is extremely bald. And that's Alex Tangay. He was with though. Detroit. I, yeah, yeah but he's got, not in Detroit's Colorado. That's the first bald name
1: for a while now. That's yeah, yeah, that's the first name that came to me uh, to which is uh, actually kind of funny because what do you get in the Motor City tires, right? Bald yeah. tires. I love it. Yeah, so. no, you
2: don't want bald tires. <laughs> Especially not when winter's uh, around. Ray
1: Ray Bennett is always the man that uh, Jared Bednar leans over to for, uh, you know, opinions, advice uh, on the bench. And uh, he'll be back there for Colorado who won a a very, very, very unlikely slash entertaining game against Calgary the other night when they were down five, three in the third and pulled it out six, five. um, There was not the best goaltending on either side. And yet which ties in with our Sabre discussion here. Look, Georgiev has been the workhorse in the NHL in the last two years. Yes. He's still tied for the league lead in wins with Thatcher Demko with 14. But he got the hook after 40 the other night. Prosvetov came on, went 11 for 11. I would, I would assume that Ivan's going to get the game here tonight for Colorado. It would make the most sense. Georgiev could use a little bit of a break, my opinion only. But... Mm-hmm they lean on him so much. I won't be surprised here with whatever direction they choose.
2: I wouldn't be surprised with whatever direction they choose. The only thing with Colorado, in my opinion, is that they don't play until Saturday, Sunday. So mm-hmm. again, if you go with Pros- uh, um, you're going to say, hey, but we're going to split over the weekend. So now he goes two out of the next three. Do you want to say the other way around? Georgiev now have a break until Saturday, Sunday. And then you split the weekend. So I will anticipate seeing Georgiev tonight. But as you know, my track record with picking goalies has right. been terrible. Um, <laughs> I had that conversation with Tyson Nash with, when Arizona came in the other day. He's like, hey, Marty, I need to ask you about uh, rotating goaltenders. You play one game. The other guy plays a game. You keep rotating goaltenders. Is that good or bad? I'm like, it's mm-hmm. awful. It's <laughs> awful because you have a good win. You're not playing the next game. You could have it, you know. Uh, I, I, I don't want to call it a good loss, but you lose one, nothing, you make 40 saves. You don't play the next game. You never get into a rhythm, right? It's, it's bad. So, uh, and you know, so, and but I did mention, I said, I would, I, we were talking about Arizona's goaltending and whatever. I'm like, I would assume that Connor Ingram's going to keep playing more and more, mm-hmm. but I've been wrong the last three years with picking goalies around the NHL and in Buffalo. So I'm not even trying to do it anymore.
1: I think you're shortchanging changing yourself. It's been more than three years.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been, a, yeah. even when I played, I thought I was playing it and eh, you're not.
1: <laughs> Whenever I want to just go a little deeper into my own cave, I realized, no, I've been wrong about this a lot before. Yeah. <laughs> and even before
2: that and before that and before that, maybe we just made it uh, more public knowledge the last three games at uh, three yeah. years here.
1: Well, um, so the other big story, um, potentially for the Sabres, of course, tonight is Alex Tuck. And, um, you know, this is, again, you know, a potential for trickle down effect uh, with a top line winger returning to the mix, which that is the hope but we'll uh, obviously know more this afternoon. Follow the Sabres social channels for that. Uh, that's also the place you can find the latest embedded Oki 1000. It was very, very, very nicely done. The yep. kids stole the show as uh, I think everybody would have anticipated. What a beautiful family.
2: They they always do. They do when they're at the rank. They do yeah. when they walk by the set. They do when they're in the hallway high-fiving their dad. They do when they are reading the, uh, you know, the starting lineup in the locker room. Mm-hmm. um they're 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 cool they and i'll say this because cal and danielle have been in buffalo now for quite some time and have stayed here over summer and everything they there's i mean buffalo is what they know because yes. of their age and it's great it's like i always felt that with my kids like for a while buffalo is what they knew and then we moved away for two three years and it was you know philly is what they knew and then new york is what they knew and then coming back to buffalo at still a young age for my kids was, was important because that's what I wanted them to know. I wanted to them to really get their roots in Buffalo. And I feel like the Oposo family has really put roots here in Buffalo as well. And that's great. Uh So a quick thought on what,
5: the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45%, up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Be, uh, a tuck return, but a lineup look in wake of it.
2: Well, we talked a little bit about it yesterday and I, I would anticipate Alex tuck to return. Um, he did say last morning skate that, oh I'm good to go. And then you know, Don Granado was the one after practice that said, Yeah, Tucky needs a few more practices. I want to see him go, uh, you know, in a couple more skates before coming back into the lineup. They had just called up Brett Murray. So, I, you know, obviously they weren't going to send Murray back down. You're going to need to make a, um, a roster move when you activate Alex Tuck off of the injured reserve. Um, but that could be just putting Matias Samuelson on injured reserve, right? It doesn't have to be sending somebody down to Rochester. So there is definitely going to be a, a bit of an indication when Tuck returns with a roster move being made. But the bigger question is, is where does Tuck fit? You know, where does he fit when he returns? Because now you have Thompson laying the right wing with Middlestat and Skinner. So do you move Tate back to the middle? Where Tuck resumes that spot, and then you have that top line reunited. How does that affect JJ Paterka and Zach Benson? I don't think, and that I want to see either one of those two guys being moved you no know, as a notch lower out mm-hmm. of the top six. So the only guy that I could see, and and it's not for lack like of trying lately, but I could see Dylan Cousins having more of a bottom six role just to change his. Is his approach a little bit here. Like, he's stressing so much about producing and scoring, and maybe you take that off his plate and you say, hey, he, here, play with Olofsson and Murray. Play mm-hmm. on that line and have the same effect that Krebs, Oposo, and Robinson are having. You can still score, but play with a guy that can shoot the puck well and another big body on your line and get to the net and drive the net. I could see this being the change being made by Don Granado. Amricks are in action tonight. You know where they are, Marty? Utica,
1: Springfield, where they have a new coach as well, because Drew Bannister just left Springfield to go up to the St. Louis Blues. Daniel, I took a shot. shot. His, yeah, I,
2: know. I, I took a shot. I, 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 they play Utica, Syracuse so often. I took a shot with Utica. They're out of their comfort
1: zone. They're uh, up against the uh, division they don't see an awful lot, but mm-hmm. it, yeah. uh, it is a, it's a big game, I would say, for the Amherst, based on the fact they're on the road for three here, and they did not play well in their one home game recently so we'll see if they can make amends tonight Uh, I believe the expectation is that Devin Cooley will get the turn in goal obviously we've been spending a lot of time talking about goaltending in the Buffalo lineup we'll delve into it deeper but also go around a pretty wild night in the NHL with of course an incredibly meaningful story emerging from St. Louis that we'll share with you and it's not to do with the coaching change stay with us on Sabres Live we're back with more of Sabres Live Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Dan and Rob have the call tonight on WGR. It's Sabres and Avalanche. Of course, it's a late start. It's on TNT as well. Dan's with us from Denver. Dan, how is the swollen head of Rob Ray? (laughs) It's getting bigger with all the attention, that's for sure.
4: Um, First of all, you know what? um, In all a bit of seriousness here, he, uh you know, there wasn't a lot of swelling around the stitched area, but the flight, as you know, when you get on a flight and you get in a pressurized cabin, um got a little bit of minor swelling around it, but you no, know, you know, he feels good. He's having kind of fun with all the attention. I kind of want him to tell you the story about getting stitched up, but if you want me to jump the line and share that with you, I can if you haven't heard it because it's really quite interesting, and maybe I've teased it too much to let it go, but I'll leave it with you guys. Um,
2: no, go ahead, because we won't get yeah. laser until next week, so go ahead. I was, I, I was going to say, I'm sure
4: on the, uh, on the next television broadcast, you can still bring it up with him, Marty. So after the game, when he took the puck, obviously, uh, between the eyes, just you know, kind of up above the bridge of the nose, right in the forehead area between the eyes, he went back to get stitched up, and he's laying in the room, and he said there are seven or eight people in there uh, just kind of seeing what's going on. And the doctor got this big needle out and Rob said, what are you doing with that? And he said, well, I'm going to freeze you before I stitch you. And he says, uh, in razor language, blank. No, <laughs> I've never been frozen before to get stitched up, but I'm not starting now. So the doctor said, are you serious? He said, yeah, just stitch it up. There's only five stitches. So he's, he felt like the first, you know, little prick of the, the stitching go in, but then for then he said he didn't feel a thing. And all he heard, he's laying there with his eyes closed and he said, all he heard was, people in the room just kind of whispering, he didn't even flinch (laughs) when (laughs) he put the stitches in. So, you know, I mean, we know Razor and obviously the way he is, I think a few people got a real close introduction as to, you know, Rob Ray and, and maybe, I don't know how aware they were of his hockey past and things that he's dealt with before as far as cuts and stitches before. So that was pretty entertaining. And then, yeah, last night we went for a walk for dinner after we landed here. Um, obviously, you know, it's a three plus hour flight, so we get here, it's still dark at, at dinner time and it's really cold. So we're bundled up and we're walking out to a, just find a place to grab a burger and a group, of, I'd say about four people just kind of breeze by us and all of a sudden one of them you could just hear kinda of under the breath, he said, Hey, that's that hockey guy. So it wasn't as if, yeah. Hey, that's Rob Ray, it wasn't, Hey, that's the Sabres guy. He said, that's that hockey guy. And Rob just kind of chuckled quietly. And I said, were they just talking about you? And he says, yeah. yeah."
2: Uh, so. Well, he's vi- part- he went viral now because it's yeah, on exactly. TMZ. It's on the Pat McAfee show. It's on the uh, Sabres Live. It's on everywhere. So he, he went viral. Razor is our
4: new social media department in one day. <laughs> think about it. In one day. How well, many think about that too, Dan.
2: Of Rob... Yeah has lived his career in a box, right? Like think of the yeah. Ottawa brawl where he's in between Lindy and Brian Murray and he's there in the box or in the Pelly yeah. box with other shirt on or now in the box between the benches with a puck to the forehead. Like he lives in life, is life in a box. Yeah, true. Rob in a box.
4: Not Jack in a box, yeah, Rob in a what- box
2: yeah uh but you did say you're in colorado and uh i hope it's nice out there i always love denver i think it's a great city i love playing in denver against the avalanche back in the days when they had sackick and forsberg and patrick raw and it was always a challenge they do have mckinnon and rantanen and they got a good team with the uh the the avalanche but they don't they've they've not played great lately they did Pull off a win, a 6-5 win against the Calgary Flames, but they had lost the last two before that, 4-2 and 5-2. What are you seeing out of the uh, Colorado Avalanche that's uh, maybe a challenge or maybe uh, an opportunity for the Sabres?
4: Yeah, I think Colorado right now, based on you know what we saw the first time around and just seeing what's happened with them since we saw them last back in Buffalo, is it's a team that knows how good it certainly can be when everybody is... Uh, at their peak, but I think like any team in the NHL, you quickly find out that if you don't have that secondary scoring, and for them it's been a, an issue with their second line, it appears that's just not been, you know, kind of backing up the top guys on a nightly basis, that's kind of put a bit of strain on the club. So that's the sense I'm getting, and uh, Colorado's just taken to the ice right now. So, you know, for what it's worth, certainly from my point of view, I'll keep an eye on what kind of intensity they have for their skates and what Coach Gretnar is kind of having them pay attention to. But it does seem that, you know, it's kind of like the Sabres. You play a complete game and then you're you're right there with anybody. But if you leave it to just one line, uh, they only get so many minutes on a night and it kind of leaves you exposed in other areas. So I think Colorado is still looking for that identity that they know they have. They, they just desperately need guys like Ryan Johansson and that to – who they, who they brought in here to be someone to rely upon for goal scoring on a regular basis. It's just not happened to this point. And even to the point that he got bumped to the fourth line for a few minutes. Yeah, and I didn't stay there the entirety of the game, but nonetheless.
1: Well, they are dynamic uh, from a puck moving and uh, scoring standpoint from the blue line. Dan, last one for you. If you're a betting man, are you expecting Lukanen tonight for the Sabres?
4: I am 100%. Uh, he had the walk. He had the look. Uh, just the feel of him when he got uh, even just coming with the team to the rink, he looks like a guy that's uh, got that game face on. So, uh, And given the fact that obviously he backed up the other night, Brian, I think I'm yeah. on the same page as you two probably are, that he'll get the go.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Look forward right, to the call tonight. There's Dan and Razor in Denver tonight. You'll hear it on WGR Sports Radio 550 and, of course, on TNT. Last year, Lukanen was very good against, uh, the. uh well, and this year, obviously, against the Avalanches, 2-1 lifetime against Colorado. Uh, as we teased with a little earlier, mm. based on how the last game ended for the Avalanche, not a surprise to hear that uh, Ivan Prosvetov is going to be going in goal tonight. It'll be his first opportunity to see. Yeah, I was wrong.
2: His, I was yeah, wrong. Were, but... It's it's not like three years. Don't it's worry. three days, half, three half hours. Of the show is
1: right here, it's okay. have to show, yeah, he, you're and half. And, and,
2: and, the left side is right. Really the right it, side it, is wrong
1: all the time. Not, it's, it's not really half. That was an overstatement on my part. Like 33 percent of what's relevant on the show. Okay, but not, I got it. I, I definitely have That's... a. I'd probably hit 250. No, I'd be below the Mendoza line if I was in baseball. Yeah, but I definitely got a 188 average into this show, I think, as far as legitimate content.
2: I have some things that I'm right on, and I'll tell you something that I'm right on. The Sabres playing Colorado at home at the end of October was a game where they really executed Don Granado's plan. Mm -hmm. They took advantage of one thing with Colorado. Colorado likes to go through the middle of the ice. They like to go in the rush. And when you stop them right there, they counter. Their three goals were all transition goals. There was not like one goal that you say, hey, you spend time in the offensive zone, you work them, you work them, you work them. And no, they were transition goals. And that to me was what the Sabres wanted to achieve against Colorado back then. They won for nothing. They didn't give them much. And they took advantage of that opportunity. You got to do the same thing against Colorado uh, you know, tonight, you got to be able to stop him on the rush and transition and attack right away. That has to be the mentality. So I'll be right on that one, too.
1: Sabres will not be wearing the goathead uniform, which uh, was a partial reason why they had success against the Avalanche earlier this year. The uh, scoring concluded on that particular day. In Buffalo with a Rasmus Dallin empty netter, which is exactly how Buffalo's last game against Arizona concluded, which has the Sabres on a three game point streak I, right now. Yes.
2: I forgot to mention, um, we talked about Caloposo earlier. Did you notice in the post game the other night that he wore his black, black and, and red, red? On a blue and gold game. On yes. a blue and gold day? Like I that's why I got the black and red on today. I'm like, you know what? I feel good in this. Like I I almost feel like there's I know I didn't want to ask him, but maybe there is there are superstitions because he had been playing mm-hmm. well. Maybe that's like or is it the the clean one that was next to a stall?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I see it as a uniform for all seasons, quite frankly. Yeah, so I like that. Um, yeah, um, but hey, far be it from me to go too far down the uh fashion path because i'm merely a fan of hoodies and concert t-shirts and yeah. Rustin kelly by the way uh in collaboration with judah the lion uh, new song out at midnight last night leave it better than you found it it's fantastic it's fun it's just a little stomp and holler very lumineers-esque and uh, i would encourage you to hop on board oh, with that, that should be an anthem uh, for
2: my kids in their, their room leave it better than you well, found it
1: that's Kind of the whole premise of it, and I think it uh, weaves a little bit of life's tales, but uh, also a lot about the advice you get from a very young age, from parents and or grandparents to, uh, yeah, leave it a little better than you found it. So um, good words to live by. And, you know, we on the podcast earlier in the week and on the broadcast the other night, yeah. we obviously we were talking about Tony Granado and his um, battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma with treatment starting this week. Well, a very dear friend of ours um, and a a friend to the game, because much like Razor, um, the way he played on the ice was only a sample of who he is as a person, which is someone with an enormous heart for anyone and everyone and community, quite frankly. And Kelly Chase is now in that battle here in Hockey Fights Cancers. He's uh, up against uh, a bout with leukemia and... Amidst all the tough times that St. Louis has been going through organizationally, and last night they let their, uh, you know, a real fan favorite and Craig Berube go as head coach, they also posted this video featuring Kelly in his battle against cancer.
3: Hey, Blues fans, it's Chaser here. Tonight, as we continue our charitable efforts in the fight against cancer with our Blues Hockey Fights Cancer Night, take a moment to recognize and celebrate the 25th anniversary of the 14-fund and blues for kids. With so many members of our family been affected by this disease over the years, and most recently, our buddy Lieutenant Colonel Caruso, the Plaggers, the Kelly families, Ari, Colin, and of course, Doug Wickenheiser. For 25 years together, we've been resilient and have fought for each other, and we won't stop. Now, I've had plenty of fights in this arena, and I always ended up on the right side of them because of your support. And it's never gone unnoticed, trust me. Now, after recently being diagnosed with leukemia, I need you more than ever. So with the support of you, my Blues family, I'm up for the biggest fight of my life. Now let's win a hockey game. And Hey, buddy, I ain't going anywhere.
2: <laughs> Incredible that he, yeah. he was able to, to have such a... passionate message and start the message by recognizing everybody else that have been in the fight, uh, and, and, you know, mentioning that he is in the fight and chaser has been awesome. Razor and I played an alumni game because he invited us to play one in St. Louis years ago. He takes care of not just the blues alumni, but, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the NHL alumni family He came to Buffalo a few years back for an event. It's got great stories, but yeah, we, uh, we're we're thinking of Kelly Chase and his family because he's he's one of the really, really, really good guy, although probably hated to play against most people, but he is one of the really good guy.
1: Had great, great, great fortune, have had great fortune to work with yeah. so many people from all positions in this game. And a big part of that was Kelly Chase during um my time at NHL Network. And without ever having to ask, um, you just always knew he just leads with his heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one year that I worked with him was, um, unfortunately, after the locomotive plane crash in Russia, of which Pavel Dimitro was one of the victims. And, Blues alumni. you know, so he, his laptop had, you know, Pavel's number on it, like we have with our Sabres logos, right? Mm-hmm. And um yeah, we take a lot of pride uh here in Buffalo with the Sabres alumni. The Blues alumni is right up there among the deepest, most connected. And Ida would not want a single one person out. But if there was, I would say Kelly Jace is probably the biggest reason. He is so ingrained in that community in so many ways. This is a huge, huge fight. And I suspect we're going to be seeing an awful lot more here in the outpouring from this community in support of Kelly, who we love.
2: Yeah, and and just like, you know, Rob Ray is here in Buffalo. And, I mean, not only his Impact as a player, but as a personality, as mm. a character, as a fan favorite, and then after that as a... Uh, you know, person that is on TV and talks to the fan base and has that personality shining through the TV and the radio and everything, Kelly Chase is in the same way. He's the same person for the Blues. He's an ambassador. He's a... He's a, a better speaker. Probably. <laughs> um, I would suggest this. I think Razor is uh, tougher with the fist, although Razor no would chance. tell you that... I think right, yeah. I think Razor's tougher with the fist. I think Kelly Chase is really, really tough, don't get me wrong, but I think Razor was tougher with the fist. Um, but you know, the ambassador and a way to connect not just one generation to connect with and together, not just one generation of fans, but yeah. all generations of fans. Young, old, you know, yeah. middle, like like Kelly does that and Razor does that. I feel it's yeah. it's the it, it's the same character just with a different uniform yeah
1: and of course (laughs) you know i the chaser thing is funny because recently razor was the like as far as the toughness level you know we're talking about razor and and tony twist recently right like the blues had that arsenal of tough guys just like the sabers had that arsenal of tough guys uh back in the day with may and barnaby and bugner and all the rest of it right so they are very similar as far as where they're from now the one thing that Kelly would have been last night probably focused more on than uh, his own battle at the time would be St. Louis's own Kachuk family, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the ridiculous (laughs) development in Ottawa between the senators and the Hurricanes last night, and that was a penalty shot, which was awarded after Kachetkov, you know, let go of the stick and The senators get awarded a penalty shot and it ends up being Brady Kachuk. Marty, take us through what unfolded and what you saw from Pyotr Kachetkov and whether you think his response was valid against the way he defended Kachuk on the penalty
2: Kachetkov, first of all, did the Dominic Kasich, dropped his stick, didn't throw it, but left it in the way of the path of the puck. So that was definitely a penalty shot. I commend... And admired the referee for saying, it is a penalty shot. The stick laying on the ice affected the play. So then Kachuk comes in on a penalty shot and Kachetkov, who is always very aggressive, we saw it on the Peyton Krebs play just the other day when Krebs came in on a breakaway and Kachetkov went out with the poke check, a little bit more like Dominic Kashek. He is doing the same thing. And then Kachuk goes flying and then they kind of got into words.
1: Yeah, and so we're trying to... Show it to you here on MSG side, and uh did you think that it was like? How do you view the defending of it this way? Is so, it fully, so, fully legal yeah.
2: in your opinion? So, Alan to Diggs, fourteen seventeen on on X asks, "What do you think of the Kachuk penalty shot? Did you think that was a trip?" And my answer is no. I don't think that's a trip uh, because I look. We've seen Hashek go out and do the 2 pat stack and knocking a guy way out in the, in the air. This is not the same thing. Kucherov goes forward and gets the puck, right? Kuchuk is doesn't fall because of the trip or anything. He tries to avoid him and then falls into the board. Just like Peyton Krebs the other day, I didn't think that was a trip. He's going for the puck. But if it's more blatant and it's thin to the legs, then I would definitely... Have a redo. In a penalty shot, you don't get a penalty. You have a redo, and that would have uh, been happening. But I thought that was fine by Kochekov yesterday.
1: Shooters are 11 for 24 on penalty shots this year. Brady Kachuk not successful on that attempt. Quick wrap to Sabres Live after this. Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Banner-raising for the Bandits at home on Saturday night. It's going to be amazing, and you have a chance to win a $25,000 guaranteed jackpot. Go to bandits5050raffle.org. It's the final meeting of the year between the Sabres and Avs tonight. The first one did feature, uh, you know, from uh, certain vantage points, a tough push from behind, tough play from behind by Apozo on Makar. People are curious. Players are talking about it. Do you suspect anything in response to that moment tonight?
2: I don't. Look, uh, even McCarr after the game, said it's probably more on him. He's got to be able to see and feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Colorado is 2-3-1 and one in their last six. They want to win. I mean, if it gets out in hand, maybe, but I don't expect anything to happen.
1: Big story for the Sabres would be what? Well,
2: talk returning and how that
1: affects the group of uh, six up front. How many will they score? We'll talk about it tomorrow
3: on Sabres Live.